LuckyMojo.com. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy White of TempleOfMiriam.com, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Miss Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by a special guest. Papa G of SouthernFolkMagic.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us parts one through three of today's topic of multi-part spells. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and have called into the show, then you will be on air and receive a free consultation. But we'll be going to the phones in just a moment. First, we're going to catch up with our co-host, Miss Cat, and Conjure Man Ali. Miss Cat, who is supposed to be working on a book with Papa G right now as we speak. <laughs> I am I am so far behind that I don't even have a post on my Facebook page telling people that this radio show is happening. <laughs> that's a hint. No. That, that's oh, no. a hint. <laughs> oh no. Well, things here are hopping and popping in the most remarkable way. This book came out of nowhere. We had two books, The Guiding Light to Power and Success by Mikhail Strabo, which I poured my little heart into, and um, Bottle Up and Go, which Lara Rivera and I co-wrote, and I poured my little heart into, and they all got sent off to the printer with the help of everybody who helped, including especially Greg Townsend, who did cover art and interior art, and we had a wonderful time, and then Papa G dropped a bomb on me about this tea leaf reading book that he was working on, and and um, damn, I said yes, and so first it started off with, can we do it, and now we're just doing it. <laughs> so we're, we are making a very neat, nifty, new, different sort of tea leaf reading divination book. I mean, you can find them, you can find little old books online, um, in you know, OCR, missing pages. Guess what, Papaji? I've already found um, three instances of double-page spreads missing from the OCRs online <laughs> of one of the books that we've been consulting. Oh, yeah, well, it's good for me. I actually have the actual books, you know. So you look at the OCR and you go, why did this jump from bagpipe to cup? <laughs> this are words co-op. in between... 
<laughs> now it's co-authored. It's co-authored, right? Well, so now, yes, now, now Papa G and I are co-authoring. We're having a tremendous amount of fun. We check in on Skype and talk to each other. We're learning a lot about each other. And I've also made a little vow just to please him and bring him a little bit of of um, eye candy pleasure. But I will upload a new graphic every day to the Mystic Tea Room because I have hundreds of graphics in my hard drive that I haven't uploaded yet. Because, you know, it's kind of lonely out there making a whole website just about fortune-telling tea leaf reading. And so um, this book is my excuse to have fun with Papa G, which I've always wanted to do. As you all know, I always thank him for the ginger for my tea. And um, I'm drinking tea right now. But now I get to actually play with Papa G. So it's been wonderful. The people at the shop are gnashing their teeth because they thought I'd be back working at the shop. Nope, not yet. Now I'm locked down again. I am one of those little, um, you know, those little deep sea animals that have, you know, they're little fishes with very large eyes. That's what I feel like. Um, I just sit there and stare at the screen and my eyes get bigger and bigger. And I sit there in the dark. Why bother turning on the light? The screen provides the light. And um, yeah, so I'm deep in book mode. Very grateful to Papa G for letting me be his co-writer on this book. It's it's wonderful. And there's a few other things going on. We have the festival upcoming. So Dr. Jeremy has taken on the festival arrangements and is doing a fantastic job getting everything together. Every Tuesday we are announcing new updates to the web pages about the festival. So Stay tuned um, to us. On Tuesdays, you'll get new updates. And through any of our Facebook pages, uh, Dr. Jeremy's, mine, Papa G, uh, Nagashiva, members of AIR like Miss Michael, um, and people who are going to be presenting at the festival like Miss Athena, they're all posting about it. So you can check any of their feeds at Facebook. What's happening? It's the virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. We have now finally got our lineup all straightened up. We have times, we have dates, and the dates are the 16th of October, 17th of October, 18th of October, three days instead of two, 15 workshops instead of 10, no airplanes, no trains, no cars, no lodgings. It's all virtual. And you will still get, and this is the really important part, you will still get those goodie bags that you all know and love if you've ever been to one of our festivals. You will get included in the price of your ticket. We can't call it free because you're paying for it, but you're paying for it at a very reduced rate. You're getting um, the retail equivalent of about $10 worth of products for every workshop that you take. And these are workshops, not lectures. It's not us just preening and posing and stroking our own egos. These are how to do it. Here's the stuff. You'll get it in the mail. It will show you with a a PDF of instructions what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. But for three of the 15, you will get full 96-page books, and those are included in the price of your ticket. And those books will be The Guiding Light, Bottle Up and Go, which is all about container spills, and the book I'm working on with Papa G, The Stranger in the Cup, which is about tea leaf reading. So 
It's going to be a festival just as cool and neat as we can make it be. And I really have to put a great thanks to Jeremy, who's been doing incredible research of different um, ways to run it and um, and how to make it seamless. And also, big, big thanks to Deacon Millet, who, as always, is completely volunteering and contributing the reading portion through his company, Hoodoo Psychics. They volunteer um, and readers will be available in between every workshop, just like we do when we do it on the ground. An hour workshop, five-minute bathroom break, 20 minutes of reading, five minutes to compose yourself after the reading, and back you go to a workshop. So all of the um, presenters and other people, members of Hoodoo Psychics, will be doing readings for 20 minutes between the workshops. And these are going to be live readings, but not at the price you usually pay for Hoodoo Psychics. These will be at a at a, a nice reduced price, trust me. And um, and they will be conducted via Zoom um, for, I would say, most of the readers. There may be some, you know, technologically impaired people who you can reach by phone. We're going to try to do it both ways. So you'll have a lot of readers that you can book in advance in between. And you don't have to of course, you don't have to sit glued to your chair for nine hours straight for three days. You can download these and watch them asynchronously at another time. In other words, they'll be on live, and in each of them there will be a live portion where all of the attendees can ask questions and talk and whatever. But that will be archived, and then after that, if you don't come into them synchronously, you watch them asynchronously, and you'll get at least the benefit of seeing the chat that went on around them. So um, think about it. You're going to love it. Tell your friends. This is a new experiment for us. If we put it out glitch-free, I will be singing Hosanna and beating on my tambourine at the end of this thing. (laughs) But but (laughs) my hope is that everyone will enter into it with goodwill, good spirit, a spirit of adventure and um and new techniques and we're going to we're going to bring you a Hoodoo Heritage Festival that's going to knock your socks off. And um and I am so glad I'm not the one planning it. So <laughs> that's that. Conjurman Ali, you're going to be part of this, right? I am. Right. Right. Why I'm don't you give us yeah, and so was Papa G, and so is Jeremy. So you're, what everybody's got on the radio here is going to be part of it. But, Ali, I'd like you to give us a little taste. I know you're going to be talking about skull magic, and you're famous for your skull candles. And I'm hoping you're going to give us a little bit of a skull bottle spell and a few other things, too, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. The workshop is going to cover all sorts of, of skull conjurings and skull you know, techniques from skull candles to making something more uh, permanent on an altar. It's, it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about how to influence people, how to get people to do what you want them to do, how to encourage love, how to foster sweet and, and, and lovely thoughts between people, and also how to uh, attack and harm. So it's going to be all-encompassing and, and lots, of, lots of fun, I think. Oh, I, I'm really looking forward to this. I know that you have so many... Um, ideas, you know, bottled up, so to speak, <laughs> in this thing. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. You know, um, 
those who haven't been around the Hoodoo community for a long time um, don't know what Ali's role has been with this skull candle working. So I'm just I'm just going to brag about you a little bit. Um, oh, skull exactly. candles have existed forever. I mean, you know, I have I have catalogs for skull candles that were Halloween decorations. They go back to the 30s, 40s, maybe 50s, and people, of course, were using them for all forms of influence. But um, they had kind of fallen into the backdrop, you know. Uh, what can you say? Uh, hoodoo has its fads and it has its crazes and it has its trends. And uh, people weren't using skull candles very much. And then one day, Ali wrote a reply to somebody in the Lucky Mojo forum. And he mm-hmm. went on at length about skull candles for influence. And everybody was like, everybody came to attention and they went, but Ali, tell us more. And so he did. <laughs> and he he brought, single-handedly brought this, I would call, somewhat forgotten, somewhat obscure form of working to am- absolutely everybody's attention. And it has gone on to become like one of those things that now everybody considers, well, that's basic. But it wasn't basic at the time, and it was never really, um, you know, foundational hoodoo, you might say. Mm-hmm. It comes out of mm-hmm. urban hoodoo. But you, Ali, are the guy who puts skull candles on the map. <laughs> well, I'm happy to support skull candle makers and suppliers everywhere. It's it's such a phenomenal way of working, too, because it combines, you know, container magic with doll baby magic and, and uh, candle magic. It's really, really wonderful. And if you know what you're doing, you can get some phenomenal results. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing, and um, in the in the chat, um, people are saying, um, "Wow, you know, uh, Doc Murphy says um, I'm excited and I can actually attend for the first time, and that's that's really really good." And um, I think this is uh, and cousin Joshua, who has attended and has been um, at my apprenticeships too, says, "Love how accessible this will be for folks across the land," and. Um, yeah, this is, you know, this is really going to be going to be good. Uh, so that's the news. Um, I guess we should bring on our wonderful Torian guest. We we're having another one of these Torian shows. Um, we are the. It's like at the at the. Kind of like at the bottom of the weir in the river where all of the you know, sort of stuff ends up. It's where all the tourists sort of pile up at the bottom there. (laughs) I don't know what this show is about the tourists, but here's Papa G. Uh, um, I I was going to say one of my favorite tourists, but all my tourists are my favorite tourists, right? So um, here we are. Hi, Papa G, and welcome to the show again. Hello. Yeah, I want to... Um, thank my husband Roy for running our running Aroma G's this week while I've been in Skype with you. <laughs> <laughs> Normally he is hey. the manager of the store and I'm the manager of the studio. And hey, I'm the manager. I'm just managed screen time. <laughs> well, I got to I just got to say something about about Roy. Um, here we are, two little Tauruses, you know, Skyping and Skyping and typing and typing and talking and talking. 
And then, of course, you're back east from us, so you're a couple hours ahead of us. And Roy shows up with your dinner, and I'm like, well, where's my dinner? <laughs> <laughs> we stay up. We're still Skyping and typing. And then my husband shows up. She shows up with my dinner. And I'm like, yeah, uh, feed the Tauruses. <laughs> <laughs> And, and yeah, feed I, was, the tortoises. I was telling Roy the other the other day that if, um, all I need was was a um, kerchief on my head and a database, and I would be cat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, feed feed the Tauruses, and they will succeed in business. Very true. You know, that's that's what we do. I don't know who feeds you, Ali. Oh, I I have my ways. I get fed. <laughs> you get fed. All right. Uh, Ollie's Ollie's one of these more secretive Tauruses. Oh yeah. <laughs> we yes. we don't know who feeds him, but we can be assured that somebody feeds him, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, to, no one thing we've never doubt love. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. One thing we've never talked about on these this three Taurus thing is what is everyone's rising sign? Yeah. Gemini, that's why I talk so much. Oh, that's I'm okay. Scorpio. Mm, oh, Capricorn. Capricorn. <laughs> that's why you're so faithful, loyal, and always here. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Very cool. Double reliability. Double reliability. Yeah. Can we go to moons? My moon is in Aquarius. That's why I love technology so much. I'm Sagittarius. Ooh, my such moon, a thinker. Good. My my moon is in Leo. That's where the charm ah, comes from, but it's also a very thick the charm. Very loyal. Yes, yes, that charm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, aren't we funny people? All very. right. Well, Papa G, I could ask you what you're doing, but I know what you're doing. But why don't you just give us a brief rundown for those who haven't been on Skype with us? Okay. Uh, oh, for a while we've I've been doing. Or, um, yeah, what you're up to? What you're up to? I mean, the, tell us about the book. Tell us about your workshop coming up. Yeah, the um, the the workshop I'm going to go through um, how to read how to read the tea leaves, and I've been getting some um, a lot of practice lately because we really upped our YouTube channel for Aroma G's. I've been filming a lot of videos, not this week, but last week I did a lot and have been learning a lot on how to. You know how to put together a video, how to how to put together your thumbnail for YouTube, and getting getting more comfortable with the camera. You know, bought studio lights and everything, and then um, and then this week I'm going to have a new place to do it um, because this week we rented um, office space below our studio factory space. Mm. So finally, we will each get our own real office and have a place to do videos, and that's in September when the tenants move out. So we've expanded. In the past two years, we've gone from 800 square feet to this will make about 4,000. Wow. Good for you. That's amazing. That's really amazing. Well, I'm I'm very much committed to this book it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time and you've wanted to do for a long time and we got together and we're doing it and I I think it's going to be a wonderful workshop you did not mention so you still need to take some sales 
technique lessons from the old Gemini Rising. <laughs> the old Gemini Rising. Um, there's going to be a special tea introduced oh, yeah. by Aroma G's at the mm. festival, and the name of it is Fortune Telling Tea. And it will be a blend that um, Papa G has created for those who want to read fortunes because it contains many forms of tea which will make for a more um, dramatic, let us say, cup. The cup will have more form and shape in it because of what he's selected. And I'm looking forward to it. And everyone will get a packet of that. Yeah, sort of fitting in with today, it will make like a multi-layered images, whether it be large ones, small ones, dots, curls. um, Yeah. You'll get all sorts of images. Yeah, and this tea, after the festival, you will continue to market it through Aroma G's, right? Yes, everyone at the, um, at the, who gets the box for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival will get, it'll come in a packet, and there'll be it'll, uh, three teaspoons in there. So three people can do it, or you can do it three times. And then at Aroma G's, it'll actually be in a tin. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. So this is a new product, Fortune Telling Tea from Aroma G. Okay. Now, let's get to our topic, Papa G. The topic is multi-part spells. And, of course, there's always going to be a newcomer listening who doesn't know what we're talking about. So I'm going to try to set the scene and then turn it over to you. A multi-part spell is one that... um, makes use of, and this is not an old traditional term, you're going to do a multi-part spell. Usually they'll say, first you do this, (laughs) then you do that, then you do that. But um, a multi-part spell, technically speaking, is one that requires the spellcaster to do more than just sit in one place doing one thing. So it might, for instance, start with a bath, move Mm -hmm. to a candle spell, and then move to disposal of something, um, whether it's the candle wax or something else, disposal of something, for instance, at a river or a crossroads or wherever you might dispose, a graveyard, for instance, or a church or wherever it was. That would be a multi-part spell. But a multi-part spell can also run in other directions. You may go out, collect something, let's say from a churchyard, bring it back, and then do a spell, and then you might return it or scatter mm-hmm. it, or you might make a bag and put it into it, whatever the it is. Another example of a multi-part spell is one that might move from um, a candle magic to mm-hmm. a, a ritual of bathing that takes place over several days and then conclude with a second candle spell. So those are what we mean by multi-part spells. You're not going to be sitting in one place doing them. You may not move far, but you may move in time or in space. Okay? Having said that, I'm going to turn this over to Papa G. Take it away. Uh, thank you, Kat. I think um, I think also when people are performing spells, they don't actually sit down and, and think of strategy. Um. You know, put a little. I see it at the store. They get a lot of, especially for love and things. A handful of red red candles, a handful of pink, some love oil, 
and they're ready to check out, but they're not sure what they're going to do with it. So um, an example is if someone wanted to get back, let's say their husband left them for someone else. The first part I would say someone needed to deal with in the spell is, um, first of all, you want to break them up, uh, whoever is stolen your man, but also what led up to the two, what led up to these circumstances? Why did the two of you suddenly not get along anymore? Because everyone wants to bring someone back, but all they do is bring them back into the exact same dynamic that they left from. Mm-hmm. So what good does that do? So part of it is also taking ownership. What was your part? And you can do, maybe do some spell work on that, which is a separate thing. Here I'm going to fix fix what my part in this was, which led up to this. I'm going to um, a separate piece might be to bring the two of you together and also let them recognize their part. Another part might be to make the other woman, ma'am, whomever, lose interest and break up, and then finally a reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So it's not just break up, reconcile, because you're not reconciling mm-hmm. if you end up exactly the same people that broke up to begin with. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so this is moving through time. So first you're going to... Um, Find out why it happened and, and what your part is. Then assess your chances to break them up and do such a spell. And, and whether it's just break them up or get the other partner or another partner. And then do the reconcile. That's a multi-part spell. It's a very traditional way to work. And usually when you do that kind of work, you're going to be taking stock at every stage. In other words... Um, when a root worker is called upon by a, a client, hey, I want you to break them up and and uh, get him back. They only want they're only looking at two stages of this, but the root worker, mm-hmm. like you just said, Gregory, they looking at three stages. Yeah. Why was why was there a breakup? And this mm-hmm. is where it's sometimes hard in talking to a client. You know, you say to the client, well, you know, you do have a temper. And they'll even admit it sometimes. Oh yes, I called him every name in the book, but sacred, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I. Oh yes, and I um I did throw the watering can at his head, and um, <laughs> yes, I was arrested. I was arrested for battery, and um but or I love him. And I, yeah, right, <laughs> our stalking man. And so when when this happens, sometimes you really have to talk to the client about doing some spell work to sort out what happened first. Yeah. Another thing Go ahead, go ahead, golly. I was just going to say that uh, anyone who does any type of really intense root work will recognize that multi-part spells are the bread and butter, right? Very few situations in life call for just, oh, light that one candle and you're good to go. Very few. Mm-hmm. Some do. Right. Sometimes it's just a really minor situation, you know. Oh, I need a little quick, uh, you know, influx of gas. Fine. Like that fast mm-hmm. luck candle, and you're good to go. But most situations are quite complicated. Breakups, reconciliations, jobs, etc. And so require multiple parts. I can count uh, maybe on the number of on my fingers how many times I've just assigned a candle 
for a client. More often than not, when a client comes to a professional root worker, they usually have a pretty serious issue, and they generally require multiple stages. And even here on the radio show, the spells that we have recommended usually are multi-part. They involve things mm-hmm. like starting with a bath first and then going on to candle work and then wrapping up the candle work by creating a mojo bag that you then carry with you for, for several years, right? So there, this, is a, this is a kind of bread and butter. And while people like to, you know, multi-part spell is one way to look at it. Other ways is to call it uh, custom ritual work, right, in which the entire thing is seen as one big ritual I think Jason Miller wrote a book called Strategic Sorcery, where he talks about how yes. making your sorcery strategic. It's a very good book. Mm-hmm. And he's, his, his mind is very much about this, going, look, if you're trying to get that job, lighting that one green candle is going to only do so much. But lighting that one green candle and then dusting your hands or oiling your hands and then leaving some uh, foot track magic in the office when you go to interview and then making sure you dust your resumes and then having a mojo bag in your pocket. That's one way of doing it. But the key word here is strategic. You're not meant to do 6 million different spells. You're meant to pinpoint what is actually. Right. You want to pinpoint what you actually need. So in the case of a reconciliation, uh, you know, if there's hurt involved, there should be an element of healing. There should be an element of attraction. And there should be an element of, you know, reconnecting in, in a secure way. And maybe that's a bath. Maybe that's oil. What this doesn't mean, and this is the caveat, is that you light 55 different candles to five different deities, invoking saints in the Loire and then praying to, to St. Anthony at the same time. And, oh, maybe you're going to call out to St. Martha. And, oh, oh, should you do a love me or die? This is a very different thing that we're talking about. Multi-layer spells are not the same as what I call anxiety-written spells, where you just throw <laughs> everything in the kitchen sink at the wall. <laughs> I call that muddy magic. <laughs> yeah. So, someone just throws magic at everything and hope it, hope it hits something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm, throwing mud against the wall. Yeah, I I see a lot of this. Um, tell me which candle to light uh, stuff too. And among my reading clients, and um, you know, I'm here to tell you that ain't always the answer. And, right. Um, I I can tell you, people who've called me as clients and they want they called me for a root work consultation, and I tell them, you know, well, start with the bath and da da da, and then then you know they go, but what candle do I light? Well, no, you're going to start with the bath, and then you're going to write this person a letter. And No, 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 but what candle do I light? I'm like, mm-hmm, we'll get mm-hmm. to that. Tell them what candle to light, and then I tell them what you know how to close out the, the work. And then they say, okay, I'll order that candle right now. <laughs> and it all mm. went past them. It just went yep. by them. Um, I guess they are the kind of people who, when they go out to eat, they just want to go out for that Popeye's chicken sandwich, you know, and that's what they're going to live on. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, fast, mm-hmm. fast food um, yep. magic. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, <laughs> it's not really a multi-part spell, but mm-hmm. I was thinking about sometimes I get people want to go right to the heavy-hitting root work without telling you a lot of information, and then I try to get them to just do the simple three run of candles. Because yeah. while it's not multi multi part, it is multi part kind of. It's all one yes. thing, but three candles right. tell a story, where one does not. 
I consider that multi-part, too, because it's multi-part in I do time. Too. Yeah. yeah, that yeah, is agreed. absolutely three, and, and I love that. You know, it's like a three-card cut in tarot. You know, yeah. Um, and the same thing happens, by the way, in tarot. They say, "Well, just read my cards." And so I say, "Well, the first card," is, and they go, "Okay, now what?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. There's going to be three <laughs> cards here." <laughs> uh, they want the instant eight ball answer. You know. That's so true. Well, sometimes they want to go overboard and want a 13 run. I'm like, just just do three so we can see what's going on. Besides, you Mm -hmm. won't hear from me for four months if I do. Mm -hmm. You won't give a Mm -hmm. shit anymore. Well, you will. You know, when we do a 13 candle run, they get a report on every candle. So that's a quarter of a year. And so every week uh, um, they will get a report. Um, But, you know, but I don't recommend a 13 week run unless it's a standing uh, problem, a long-standing problem. But there's um, a reason three candles to, is... to do, there's a reason to do 13 candles, right? There's a purpose there, and, and this is why we do multi-part spells. There's two reasons really that we do it. One, mm-hmm. because there's multiple layers to a situation, right? So a reconciliation mm-hmm. case is a prime one, right? Okay, getting that person to call you is the first step, but then healing the hurt is the next step, and then getting the mm-hmm. sexy on is the third step, right? Those are three different mm-hmm. ways of approaching the situation that may require three different types of work. Maybe the first work mm-hmm. is candle work, and the second work is, you know, contact magic, and then the third is some type of bathing work or whatnot. So there's, that's the first way. There's multiple layers. And the other is to build power. If you're setting mm-hmm. candles in a run, like 13 candles, what you're doing is you're building that power over time. And that's mm-hmm. when you come against some type of obstacle and you really need it to move. Spells that are repeated, spells that have multiple parts to it, and spells that build in this way. I do it even in, in ritual work, even if you're not doing with candles. If I do a spell over seven days, every day something is being added to that spell. Maybe an extra mm-hmm. root is added, or maybe something. And so it grows, and it has this kind of crescendo quality until it kind of breaks through whatever barrier and manifests what I want. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's two approaches here, and both of them are very valid. So there, there is a reason why we set candles and runs, like in 13, day, at 13 candles or whatnot, because it builds that power over time until something finally cracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good way to look at it too. I'm I'm a great believer in using the tarot for the divination mm-hmm. of the type of root work, and I've taught this in my tarot classes for years and years and years. And I'm sure some of you have heard me talk about it. Madame Nadia um, did a workshop on this a number of years ago. Um, it was called Diagnosis by Cartomancy. Can you all hear me? I'm still here. I'm here. Oh, there we go. Papa G's here. I think we just lost Kat. She will be uh, calling back in in just a second. Uh, Hopefully you all can hear me. In the chat room, if you can hear me, can you say, uh, okay, great. Can hear Papa G and Carnivan Ali. So we're 
we're gonna ch- I'm gonna chat for real briefly and pick up where Kat left off while she dials back in. Uh, this I'm, particular in, I'm workshop, back in. Oh, oh, she's back. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> Sorry we were not that. meant to hear what you were gonna say at that moment. Oh yes, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, okay. So, um, so what I was um, was talking about was doing a a spell according to tarot uh, reading is very very old fashioned way I've like I said I've taught it for years um wands represent fire candle magic uh swords represent the tongue or um uh, air or they can be prayer and um, I always say air is prayer to help people remember that uh cups represent liquids so they can be bathing and it can also be teas that are drunk and um and coins represent um, amulets, charms, roots, things of the earth, um, and also uh, items given to charity, distributed to charity after. So when you do a, um, a card reading on somebody and they want to know what kind of spell should I do, the kind of spell, you know, you can be one of those workers who just has, you know, 100 spells memorized and you just jump to one of your 100 spells. But I usually improvise look, looking at the cards and I have three cards, and uh, you know in three cards you're not going to get all four suits, so or all five suits if you count trumps as a suit. So you'll see some dominant um, idea there, and you can do them in the order that they appear in the cards. If you want to run more cards, you can run more cards and get a more full picture. But I usually find if I'm doing three rows of three cards, that's nine cards, and I will be able to say, look, out of these nine cards, you know, four of them are wands. You should be doing some candle magic. And then we got two cups. You should be taking a bath. We got a couple of trumps with angel. Okay, well, just pray, you know. I mean, you just work out what the spell is going to be. And then in your own mind, and you have to be, it's like improvising as a chef. You have to go, these are my ingredients. How am I going to arrange them for this client at this time? But those are almost always a multi-part spell if you're using tarot to do diagnosis. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. and prescription. The same thing. Uh, Murphy mentioned in the uh, chat room. He had uh, his most recent multi-part spell was took an okra bath to get crossed up stuff off. If it took then a money drawing lantern, then a road opening for um, then finally yeah. road opening. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's Doc Murphy. Doc Murphy is a good. Um, a good worker. She's been a guest on this show too, Papa G. You ought to check her out. She's really somebody. Um, so yeah, she's. Um, uh oh. Then she said, but a month later, COVID and the shutdowns barrel did, and everything blew away. Right. It happened to a lot of people. That's, right. that's yeah. a whole. Oh, and Doc Murphy will be a guest. She'll be a guest next week. Um, cool. Yeah. Oh, very cool. I should mention that okay. in addition to, to the tarot having multiple parts like that, we also find it in sort of astrological remediation as well, right? From the most minor types of uh, astrological remediation to the more intense, it usually involves multiple parts. If you read a person's birth chart and you'll note, for example, afflicted planets. I'll give you a prime example of this. Uh, I was working with a client for the past two months. Uh, we did a, a natal chart reading for her. And the big issue was her Venus. Her Venus was deeply afflicted, not in a good position, uh, wasn't really in any way, shape, or form manifesting love for her. And she had been without a relationship for about four years now. 
And so uh, astrological remediation had to be done. And as, in a sort of old, maybe I'm giving away a bit of a trade secret here, but that's okay. One very old remedy for addressing an afflicted Venus is by strengthening the moon, because the moon has very similar components to Venus. It has connections to emotion, there's attraction and magnetism. So if your Venus isn't working so well, you work with the moon. So we made her a moon talisman and then did like a minor Venus ritual in order to help it. So here are two separate uh, parts to this, two separate spells, a Venus part to the spell and a moon part to the spell. The Venus part to the spell involved uh, offerings that were made via incense and whatnot and the and prayers, and then the moon portion of it involved an actual talisman. We gave her the talisman. Three weeks later, she's going on a date with somebody. So this is how you can do multi-part spells, even if you're working with the tarot or you're working with astrology or you're working with the bones. There's ways of building the ritual that will address different components of that person's life. Mm-hmm. I was That's listening a really to an old. To... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was listening to an old thing that you had, an old radio show episode that you were talking about, Ollie, about the difference in um, road um, road opener and blockbuster. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, so that's like part part of that is like also planning things in the right order. Because you mm-hmm. were you had mentioned how blockbuster will just throw everything all mm-hmm. over the place. Oh, right. Oh yeah. And and so you always want to do the blockbuster first, <laughs> because if you open the road and then blow it up, that's not so good. <laughs> right, right. That's true. And it, it is an old timey way of working where you work blockbuster first. I know everyone's kind of go to is is road opener, but man, that blockbuster knows how to get rid of things. Once you've got the mm-hmm. you know the roads blown up, the the, the the obstacles blown up, the road opener acts like a good, let's clear away the debris. Let's clear that mm-hmm. debris out of the roads. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a that's one of the things that some people learn the hard way. They they start with a road opener. They want a job, right? I'm going to start with the road opener. I'm going to get that application together and get my resume together, and then I'm going to send that out. And then they put in a blockbuster. Now I'm going to get it. And instead, the company they applied to goes bankrupt. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's sometimes something like misdirected power, I'd call it. You know, another another um, aspect of doing multi-part spells, I'd, again, I'd like to get to, is the conclusion portion. A lot of people think, and then I take it to the crossroads, and then I walk home and don't look back, and they're done, right? But there are many other ways to conclude a spell. This has become, I call this as instant internet, you know, magic, Um you know, it's it doesn't you it may be that you conclude the spell by taking coins to a poor box and depositing them for charity. And boy, I'll tell you that's a hard one yeah. to teach a client. They go, You mean yeah. I work for three hundred and sixty five days and got all these coins in a bowl and I burn candles and now I gotta give them away? Yes, that's mm-hmm. the end of the spell. You gotta give them away. It's that kind of a spell. Um, people sometimes, you know, they don't get it. They they, they want to end up with the coins. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. so spells that spells that end up with washing something away, like they did a honey spell and they want everything to be perfect with this person, and then you know you tell them, well now what you're going to do is you're not just going to keep this thing entombed forever. You're going to cook with that honey, or you're going to cook with that. They go, but I made this thing. How can I cook with it? No, no. Mm-hmm. That's what you're, that's the conclusion. Now but you have this prepared honey. It lengthens the spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Exactly. You're adding exactly. another component to make it long. Keep keep cooking with it. Don't cook with it just yeah. once. Right. Then they say, well, what happens? Well, like they use a sugar bowl. Uh, to, to, you know, and they go, what happens when I run out of the sugar? No, you don't run out of the sugar. You keep on adding more sugar, stirring it up, praying mm-hmm. over it. You'll always have sugar in that jar. That spell goes as long as you want it to. But that's the, the, the end right. part of this spell. And, of course, that's, again, when we find about the instant food. Well, I've never cooked. Well, can you sweeten tea? No, I just buy the canned tea that's already sweetened. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, well, see, this, this goes to this goes to the Hollywood depictions of magic, right? In which magic mm-hmm. ha- is like a is a fancy thing you do in a ceremonial setting, and then it has an end where you go back mm-hmm. to oh, quote unquote ordinary life. But Papa G, you you know, rightly point out there's a lot of workings where you just continue, right? And then I remember uh, one of the things yeah. that you can always tell someone who hasn't really any experience in hoodoo is when you walk them through their first mojo bag or you mm-hmm. give them a mojo bag. And then you tell them, okay, and then you've got to feed and work it uh, every week for, you know, right. the rest. And they kind of look at you and go, what do you mean? I don't just put this in a corner somewhere. I can't just leave it on my altar. No, no, that's not, that's not a mojo right. bag. There, right? have, there have been the people idea. who have called the store and said, and we, we have all these instruction sheets, have called the store and said, I've been doing this for weeks and it's not working. And they weren't, you know, everyone who answers the phone knows what to say. They're like, well, what have you been doing? And it turns out they never opened the bottle of oil. They just thought they just, yeah. I've just got it sitting yep. somewhere in a shelf. Yep. Well, yep. now. Yep. So true. Right. That's what I call. It. Yes. I, I call that totem totemic objects or totemizing mm-hmm. or fetishizing mm-hmm. a bottle yep. of oil. I gave a, a bottle of oil to somebody as a gift. They were coming through. They were traveling. And um, they were traveling on their motorcycle. They had a Harley. And they had retired. And they were going to drive all around the country in Canada and Mexico, too, on their Harley. And we were one of the places they wanted to see us. you know. So I gave them a free mm-hmm. bottle of safe travel oil. And, you know, a year goes by, a year and a half, and the guy calls up, and he goes, I just want you to know that bottle of oil has been all the way to Winnipeg. And I'm like, did you ever <laughs> use it? No, I just carried it with me. <laughs> That's the totemic <laughs> bottle of oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when we're talking about multi-part spells, the ending is just as important as the rest of it. Because what you do at the end determines how you fix it. And in fact, one of the words we use, dispose, is one way to end a spell. That's when you're getting rid Mm -hmm. of something. Deploy Mm -hmm. is the other word we use for the end of the spell or fix. You deploy that work. You fix that work. For example, in one instance, I had a client who did uh, a beautiful uh, moving candle spell. Saw it on the Lucky Mojo form, got the products, did this beautiful thing. They all came together, sent a picture to me. I did a candle reading for them. It was gorgeous. Three months later, I get an email. It's like, nothing has happened. I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's see what's going on. We pull a reading, and it's like something is unfinished here. Turns out that they left everything on that altar for three months. Just covered mm-hmm. it up. I'm like, so think mm-hmm. about it. You set this intention. I want new love brought to me, and you worked it over days. You built this power over days, and then you just let it collect dust on your altar. 
You did nothing mm-hmm. with it. You didn't bury it in your front yard. You didn't do any. You didn't go and sprinkle the, the herbs where someone would walk through it. None of that was done. And so the ending is a way of sending that power out into the universe. It's a very crucial part of multi-part spells. It's not just about getting rid of. It's about sending out into the universe or fixing. That should involve either some form of contact magic, some form of burial, some form of continuous work. If it's a mojo bag or a jar. Kat, you've talked about, um, and I've seen this in Virginia, honey jars that just last for years with just wax built onto them or that they're regularly refilled and used in cooking. I mean, people will have these things like for years and years in their homes. Yeah. Yeah. We got a joke in here from Jeremy in in the chat. Those of you who know Jeremy is a medical doctor as well as a root doctor. And he wrote, Lots of people forget to unwrap the suppository. You have to be specific with some patients. Oh, no. <laughs> so you know, I true. Had, I had a client. I had a client one time who she was. Uh, she wouldn't do all this work to get this man away from her. She wouldn't leave him alone. Leave mm-hmm. her alone. Hot foot. Cut and clear. Um, doom. All sorts of stuff. And then she had me do a reading for her, and she said, I come home, and he is in my house playing video games with my kids. I have a restraining order against him. Oh, my And then she keeps talking, and she said, he didn't leave till the next morning. And I said, did you sleep with him? Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, screw your restraining order and all of your spell work. Just throw it in the trash. <laughs> yeah, right. I said, I said, if you really want to get rid of him, I suggest you start all over from scratch and keep a nickel between your knees. Yeah, really. <laughs> exactly. Well, client failures is almost another topic. But going back to, I mean, cause, and we all have a hundred of them, and we all laugh. But but you know, we we see it a lot, and there you gotta laugh. But multi-part spells have. Um, really met with resistance from a certain kind of client. And I'm going to just leave it at that. But those who understand that that every action has an arc, you know, there's the yeah. point where you think you're going to move, you know, your brain tells your hand to move, your feet to move, you move, and then your brain has to tell you to stop moving, right? Then that mm-hmm. gesture is done. Uh, all spell work proceeds in a gestural way like that. So mm-hmm. the, the strategic part, which is where we started with, strategically thinking about this, that's your brain. That's where you're going to think, how will I enact this spell in such a way that I'm creating a miniature world in which this truth comes to be, and I'm mm-hmm. enacting it with candles, with dolls, with coins, with with uh, herbs, with roots, with whatever I'm doing, and then how will I set that into motion, all doing my Mm -hmm. part of the work, and then what conclusion do we have here? And some things last forever. I mean, our breathing doesn't stop. Our breathing is like carrying a mojo bag. You just, you do Mm -hmm. it, you do what you Mm -hmm. have to do. Um, but, But if you are working on a spell that has, let's just say, an arc of completion, When you're done with it, when you've done the third part, fourth part, fifth part, whatever it is that concludes the spell, then let it be. Um, There are some spells that you cannot continue indefinitely. 
and some that mm-hmm. are continuable. To my way of looking, and I'm a Taurus, I like to end with the client in possession of an object, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if possible. Yep. There is that, I do have that Gemini rising, like, you know, scatter it to the winds, we're done. But there's still that other part that says, and put that key on your key ring, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I like to conclude with something that the client can have uh, to carry the good work on, as the old song has it. Yep, yeah. I'll give an example of this kind of multi-part working that is a success. We talked a little bit about failures, but here's a client success, uh, and she did a phenomenal job, and it's working both multiple parts and through time, but in a single sort of day or over a couple of days rather than seven days. It started with at dawn, so this is where timing plays a big factor in this as well. And she started with a very special bath that uh, was made with the various herbs. She did her bath. She disposed of the bath water in her front yard. She air dried. And then she waited and she, until nighttime. So this is starting at dawn. And then at night, when her intended was asleep, she fashioned for herself a skull candle with my direction. She loaded this skull candle and she started to speak with it. And then she repeated this over several days. Several days she would work this skull candle, talking to it, etc. She burnt that skull candle down buried it in her front yard, then got the herb mixture that was circling the skull candle, ground it into powder, and laid it out during bright and early in the morning before everyone was awake, laid it out where her intended would walk through it. She kept a little bit of it behind, placed it under her bed, and then put a couple of those herbs in a perfume that she would wear wherever she went out. Her Her lover came to her, she made sure to be wearing that perfume, and she touched him with the oils that she had used on the skull candle. So here you have multiple parts worked mm-hmm. over different times during this day, sunrise, nighttime, as well as over several days, and having some form of concluding component to it. Uh, the candle wax being buried, the powders being deployed, uh, and the perfume that is being worn, and the oil touching the person. That's a that's a very good way of working. It's very complex for a newcomer to understand that. But yep. for me, that was as simple and clear. I mean, I could have um, followed that. And that is a recipe plan, in a sense. Yes. That could have been, you, you said that was for love. That could have been done for job getting. It could have mm-hmm. been done for hatred. Um, although maybe not the oil to wear, but you would put the oil on a doorknob or something. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that plan that you just gave is a very good plan to use for for many kinds of spells, for many kinds of conditions, um, you know, to get friendship, to, to rise socially among your peers. It, it's the same kind of uh, layout or design of the spell you would just, change what your prayers were, you would change what your candles were, you would change which bath was, you would change which herbs were, but it's still the same work. It's a mm-hmm. pattern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, think uh, of it and those, like a story. And, yeah, it is. It is, And there are certain... It's a story arc, in a sense. Those of you with ears to hear, listen to what Ollie said, and then stop listening you know if you're listening to this in the archives later stop listening stop 
the audio and then think, how could I do this for love? What would I use? How could I do this for Mm -hmm. money? What would I use? How could I do this for a new job? What would I use? Because it's a a really solid pattern. Thank you, Ollie. That was really Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. So um, I'm going to ask Papa G another question. When you do multi-part spells for clients, how much of it do you do and how much of it do you expect them to do? How much are you backing up the work and how much are you coaching you know what I'm saying? Usually, well, usually I do most of the work and have them do so. If they're new to it, some more simplistic work, like like maybe they'll be burning the same kind of candle or something. But I coach them a lot on the way that they must act, react, and behave while I'm doing it. Um, so you know, and yeah. it, and it can be different depending on different stages. Like, mm. leave the guy alone in this week while we're doing this part. Mhm. Yeah, I usually give them something to do at every stage, and um, that's where some of the frustration comes in because they won't do it sometimes. But if they're going to be my client, and I say I'm sending you by these baths, you better take them. Right? We won't go to the next step mm-hmm. unless you take the bath. Um, but I, I used to do everything for the client, but I really find that I get better results if the client is participating to the extent that they can, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the end, I will send them the token, amulet, enchanted coin, mojo bag, root, whatever it is I'm sending them that was uh, the focus of, of the attention um, during the candle portion of the prayer or during the making portion or whatever it is. Um, and I will send them that with instructions to keep it. So they right. start with it. Usually they start with a bath from me and they end with a an object that I've made for them. But in between, I'm doing stronger. pretty much all the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah, and it is stronger when two people are doing working on the same goal in two different locations. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they are closer to home, because I always tell them, you have everything, you have more to lose or um, to gain in your situation than I do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you should participate. I, yeah. I should point. We should. Can we just point out real quickly that the technique you just mentioned, them starting with a bath and then ending with some type of physical object, from water to earth, is a really good way to manifest things. Following mm-hmm. that trajectory, you get some really solid results. You start with something liquid, right? That is the, the sort of spiritual component and end with a literal tactile object. Love it. Yeah, yeah. It works for me. And in between, you can do the prayer and the candle. That's the air and fire. Yep. Yep. <laughs> or fire and air. All right. Well, there's our music. Thank you so much, Papaji. This was a highly technical uh, conversation, not for the beginner level person, but I think we've got, um, gone very far with it. And I think we're also showing uh, people there's always new ways to learn to be a professional, mm-hmm. too. And many of us have been doing it a long time. We like to share these tips and tricks. You can use them at home for yourself, too, not just the way we were talking about for clients. All right, we've got a uh, reading coming up, so let's have uh, Jeremy take it away. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali. And this week's special guest, Papa G, will be right back. 
Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. And now it's time to go to the phone. Alexandra, are you there? Yes. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Alexandra is a first-time caller. She's never had a reading about this particular subject. She writes in, I would like a reading and guidance on how to deal with my husband's ex. He speaks negatively about my husband and uh, and myself and makes co-parenting difficult. I'd like to have her have some mishaps for all the negativity to uh, she wishes upon us, and um, if uh, if possible, for <laughs> to see her true character. Okay. All right. Well, let me ask you um, a couple of questions, Alexandra. What sign of the zodiac are you? I'm a Virgo. A Virgo. Mm. All right. Now, Virgos are very um, orderly people. They are not radical in their temper. And so this must have stressed you pretty far to get you this mad, right? Is that correct? Yeah. You know, I try to just, you know, keep things fair, Um Sure. And I feel like I've done that for a long time, you know, just wished her heart to heal, you know, let's keep the peace, yeah. but, you know, that's not working. So now I want to, yeah. you know, just bring well, some Virgo, bad luck upon her. Right. When a Virgo is driven to an extreme, we know it's very bad because they, they keep a kind of a even keel most of the time. So I feel you. I get that. Um, do you know um, the sign of your um, husband? Uh, he's a Sagittarius. Mm, so you mm. see, he's kind of laissez-faire, let it be. He's not going to stand up and oh, fight. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? And then what is mm. the ex's sign? A Pisces. A Pisces. Oh, wow. You sh- that's, a um, that's, inter- that's very mutable. We got, <laughs> we're got. we all mutable. Um you may want to have someone help you a little bit because you're mutable too, but that Pisces can easily be knocked off base by Virgo with determination. Um, he, the Sag won't help. Interesting interesting yeah. astrology. Um, if for those who are following this, this we, we've got a little bit of a <clears throat> T-square going on there. That's not so fun. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do the uh, first reading here. And I'm going to read the cards, and I'm going to tell you what they are and kind of what I see. And we're going to kind of go in that direction. We were talking about multi-part spells. I'm going to see if out of three cards I can come up with some idea that can then later be taken as a design for a spell. Okay. Card okay, number you. one. Yeah. Card number one is, that's the darn husband. It's the king of wands. This is a man who is passive, who looks at the past, everything's okay, not a lot of energy uh, to stand up for you or your rights, um, and uh, kind of get, goes along to get along, but it's a fire sign, and it shows candles. So candle magic will be part of what you're going to do, I would think. It's a It's a card that is not a bad card in any way, but it is not someone who puts on 
armor and goes out with a sword and says, I'm going to, you know, crush this ex of mine for the sake of my current wife. That is not what's happening here. Um, mm-hmm. the, next, the next card is um, a card that really is about strengthening your marriage. It's the Ten of Cups. So the Ten of Cups shows a happy man and woman uh, embracing, and they are little children playing around, and there's a rainbow in the sky, and in the rainbow there are ten cups. This cups would represent tea or bathing, a liquid of some sort, and this is a card of joy. So as we were talking earlier, you might have heard us talking about strategizing. You want to expose her, but this card says first build up and strengthen your own joy. You have to make that bond of the marriage bond glow like a rainbow in the sky. When that is showing, that will shame her. So rather than sit there and saying, I've got him, I'm in this position, and and go directly to a fight, the first thing you have to do is glorify your love, glorify the marriage, and really, and I'm not saying that means forgive her and, you know, no, no, but you've really got to put some energy into the the power of the two of you as a team, especially since his card shows him kind of wandering and looking in the past and not really uh, putting his attention on it. The third card is the Nine of Swords. So this is the card of sleeplessness and anxiety. And it shows a woman waking up in a bed crying with nine swords over her in the sky in the dark night. And she's in a lonely single bed. So my question about the ex is, does she have another partner or is she single? Oh, she's married. She's married. But they have a they share a child, so that's why we still have to, you know, that's why communication you still have to, right. with her. Right. So this card is a card of insomnia and trouble uh, sleeping. And I would say that her weakest point is that you can go to her in dreams or with prayer, air, the sword. And I think that um, really rather than having her stumble and fall in front of people and having everyone hate her, what you really need to do is to have her have a moment of waking up from where she is and realize how she's just surrounded herself with negativity. Swords are very negative uh, cards. And she will be most um, uh, vulnerable when she is asleep. And that is how you would get to her. Prayer, a prayer of conviction against her, a prayer that would, um, a psalm, for instance, would be one thing that I would use to... um, Now, the other thing is I would um, possibly also, um, and I think this has kind of set this up for a very interesting conclusion because of what we were talking about earlier, Um, swords also can represent pins and needles. And this lady's holding her head, and I think Ollie needs no more clue than that as to <laughs> what kind of <laughs> what we're looking at here, the holding of the head in the nighttime with the swords. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is pretty clear to me of the kind of spell work you would want to do. Okay. Now I'm going to turn this over to Papa G, and he's going to do a reading, and then Ollie is going to take up the root work. <clears throat> okay. Thank you. Alexander, how are you? 
Yeah, thank you. So, I pulled three cards, and um, I did. The first one was the Queen of Swords, and hmm. the Queen of Swords often indicates it can um, a woman. Sometimes it's a widow. Sometimes yeah, it can mean a divorcee. So this card literally represents her, and also her probably her idea that she thinks she knows best. Uh-huh. Um, her idea is that, that she probably still has it in her, even though she's remarried, she has it in her head that she knows best for her ex. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some sort of, and since they have a child together, there is a connection, so they'll always be connected in, in one way. The second card is the Seven of Swords. Um this card sometimes it's a card of theft, but what that what that can mean is one story behind this card is it's the person who is very um, sneaky. They get on the side of their enemy, and they it's the person who snuck into the camp at night and stole all the enemy's swords before the battle the next morning. So it's sort of like getting there and disarming her. Um, Without her knowing it, meeting on not not really meeting her on her own level, but it's 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 sort of like getting there and taking away all her power, and that can mm-hmm. also be the way you perceive it. How much power you give her, mm-hmm. according mm-hmm. to what she does, and that sword-like tongue of hers. And the last card is the Five of Swords. And the, the Five of Swords shows a man in the foreground. He's holding a couple of swords. There are swords on the ground. There are people in the background who have tossed down their swords and they're walking away. And I often view this card as something that someone has won um, the battle but lost the war. Where... They got their way. They got what they wanted to happen in this situation, but they drove everyone else off in the process. So mm. to me, when you put all of them together, um, if there's any sort of work you wanted to do, it does, Kat, what Kat said fits in with that, but it's also um, working on how much power that you give what she says, how much power you allow her to have with what she says and how it affects you and your family. Because if you get too deep and too involved in, in it, it just brings all this turmoil into your own household. Versus, um, it's 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 you also staying intertwined with her. He has to be there. Yeah. Kid. You know, it's like an extra connection that doesn't have to be there. Cat, what do you think okay. of these three configurations, Queen? Yeah. Well, mm. all these all these swords. Um, uh, Queen of Swords, yep. Seven of Swords definitely is a sneaky person, mm-hmm. a deceptivity. And um, and the last one, Five of Swords, I sometimes interpret that as a long, hard-fought battle. And you will win, yeah. and you may send her away crying, or you may send her away, uh, you know, carelessly laughing. But um, it's, a, it's a big battle if you enter into it as a battle. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I I think that um, there is a an element of the Queen of Swords that can power you as well, because she's yeah. I call her Little Miss Cut and Clear, you know, cut away the people who are unworthy. So um, 
it's a there there is a struggle here we all we're seeing this i had one sword card he has three and so if you look at the balance of these you know we have one cup one wand and four swords and swords show with struggle so be prepared this will take some time and uh, that's what i see in it um now um there's a uh, Doc Murphy says in the chat, Queen of Swords equals Queen of Strategy. That's that's good. Yeah. And um swords mean cutting and um mm-hmm. you not you don't have to cut some person, you just cut the tie. And uh so that's I think what Ollie might be working on too. Yeah. So we're gonna turn this over to Ollie and he's going to give a um a root work prescription. I mean, before we do that, have you ever done root work before? No, I would be on the beginners. I mean, I'd open the bottle. I'm not that bad. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd probably be more explanation. Ah, <laughs> uh, she opened the totemic bottle. Okay, so yeah. uh, uh, Ollie will give you some uh, a simply easy spell that you can do, Okay. Well, okay, I, I think this is easy. It's not too complicated, but uh, uh, follow along. And if anything is too tricky, uh, you can always hear it in the archive or ask us questions off the air. Um, uh, okay. It's a three-part work. It's kind of a multi-part working here, so it fits within this kind of theme. I, I really have a very strong feeling here that your approach here should be protective more than it should be aggressive. Um, that five of swords really sticks out to me. If you push too hard, you may end up causing a bit of a mess for yourself. Also, just in these situations when you're co-parenting, the worse her life gets, the more that might bleed over into your happy little head. So protect it. This is about boundaries. It's about making sure this person no longer has the power to mess with your life. So we're going to start with a white skull candle. I'm not going to give you really intense skull candle working. Um, There's a lot of really cool things you can do. So we're going to do it very simply. What I want you to do is take this white skull candle and just write her name on it and then baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You are now so-and-so. You're going to anoint this with separation oil. You're going to rub it all around it, separation oil. Place this on a heat-proof dish of some sort, and then circle it with poppy seeds. Take some poppy seeds and put it around in a nice circle. These poppy seeds will confuse and block you so that you're unable to bring this mess into my life any further. You're going to take a knife, and you're going to take this knife, and you're going to scratch around the skull candle. Not the skull candle itself, but whatever surface it's on. You're not cutting the table, but you're cutting spiritually, the connection. Four ways. At the top, the right, the bottom, and the left. Just cut and then place that knife down facing the skull candle. You're going to get yourself some charcoal, charcoal incense disc that you're going to light, and you're going to smoke some calamus tobacco and licorice in that. And light your candle. Speak through this incense. As the incense is burning, so-and-so You need to back off, back away, and stay away. You can no longer sex through these poppy seeds. They'll hold you back. They'll keep you busy. You'll be confused and turned around and unable to come into my life any further. Burn this all down. Now, take her photo out from underneath. Put a pinch of that uh, poppy seed. Put some alum into it. Fold this up in some aluminum and place it into the freezer. So her photo will remain in the back of your freezer somewhere wrapped up in aluminum. Wrap it up nice and tight. 
so that no one opens it up. You can bury it beneath some stuff that you have in the freezer. The rest of it, the wax, the ashes of the incense, you will bury on her property. You can go late at night, dig a quick hole, shove it in there, and cover it back up. Come back home and wash your hands with a little bit of Van Van Oil, and then you're going to work on your partner and you. Get yourself some Love Me Oil, Follow Me Boy Oil, and touch your partner with this oil affectionately, lovingly, seductively. Add a couple of these drops to your favorite perfume and wear it. This is the water component that, that Miss Cat saw. Then you want to have sex with your partner. You time this for when the moon is in Virgo, where you are your most powerful. You're going to collect the, the mixed sexual fluids from both of you. He has the climax, and you have to as well, and add a couple of that to peace water. You're going to sprinkle that peace water in the four corners of your home to keep you safe and keep your home in a state of serenity. You are in charge here. You can add a sprig of rosemary to that as well, into that peace water. Finally, the last thing you're going to do is you're going to take that knife that you used in the initial ritual. You're going to anoint it with protection oil, and you're going to pray Psalm 35, 37, and 91. And you're going to stab that knife in your front yard facing away from you. That is the knife, the sword, that is now your protector and will keep her away. None of this is designed to hurt her, but it's designed to put up a wall so that if she crosses it, it forces her to back down while you keep peace and serenity in your home. So it's a long working, done over several days, requires a little bit of research on your part, for example, finding out when the moon is in Virgo, but all of this is doable. That's my recommendation. Let's see if Miss Cat and Papa G have any further things to add. Holy moly, Ali, that's why they pay you the big bucks. That was, that's pretty complete. That was $100 of root work advice in, I don't know, four minutes. Wow. Play it back slowly. It'll all make sense. That was phenomenal. Um, I really um, can't add much to that. Um, wow. I did think that was great. Ali should start a dollar spell service because... He's always mm-hmm. right there with the answer, and it's got it's got lots of layers and good information. Yeah, well, that I've been was for a while that now. was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that was great. So, um, yeah, play it back slowly. Take notes. You'll figure it out. It's a great series of spells. It'll work for you. The only thing I might add is that um, to the liquid and the bathing in the cups. Um, you might uh, use a little bit of the oil in shower gel or bath gel or whatever mm, you use. I love it. Yeah. Put it in your lotion, in your shampoo, a peaceful home. Just shake it up, put a little peaceful home in the bath products. That's it. Wow. All right. Um, I think we are now going to go to our network amusement. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lefay. 
Fridays 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse Fridays 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Papa G of SouthernFolkMagic.com in Nashville, Tennessee. Take it away, Papa G. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, this is sort of a spell. Cat uh, mentioned a good a name for it um, earlier. It's almost like a recipe to take things in parts, in three parts. And I'm going to go through it, and then afterwards I'm going to tell you ways you can adapt it. So first you would take um, whatever situation you're dealing with. I'm going to give you a money money example. Let's say in the past you've had money problems, um, whether it was losing your job or it could have been the way you maybe you mismanaged money, um, whatever it is. And it can be deal with the relationship too. But first what you do is just take a piece of paper. It can be a plain piece. It can be parchment, whatever you want, uh, but a whole sheet. And you're going to uh, uh, first um, write out everything that led up to the situation that you're in, um, to your current, what brought you to this point. Every, every single element that brought you, just write it over and over and over. And then you'll dust it with cut and clear sachet powder. And you'll put a pair of scissors on top of it, open, so it creates a, like an X with the, um, the points and the handle and put it somewhere in a windowsill or somewhere where you can get the sunlight for three days and let it just soak up the light. And after that three days, take the scissors and cut it up into tiny, tiny pieces. It can be, I mean, you have to put a lot of energy into this and be repeating things that you want to get rid of. You want to cut out of your life. Cut it like it's confetti. When you're done with that, um, you can either burn it or you can just take that confetti, but you're going to drive it to a railroad track and put it on there. If you're um, someone who doesn't like to litter, burn it first and then put the ashes on the railroad track. Then you come into the next part where you're going to begin some healing from all those past mishaps or bad judgments. Um, if you played a if you played a part in what happened, um, first you you're going to deal with forgiving yourself for it. So you'll get a blue seven day candle. I'm a candle freak, and I'll tell you later how you can change this. Um, it's the glass and case candles, some of the Lucky Mojo healing oil, and then you're going to do a petition in regards to any your attitude towards your situation. You want to have a better outlook on it. Um, My favorite thing I've ever heard is life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. So you're going to be able to change your your reactions to your current situation. Fold it toward you, um, place it under the candle, and let it burn until it's completely gone, seven days. When that has finished, you should go to... Uh, the florist, the grocery store, whatever, and get some of your favorite flowers. You'll take three purple seven-day candles, 
Anoint them with Crown of Success oil and surround the base with cinnamon chips. Um, cinnamon chips often are used for money, but they're also used for abundance and to bring things in to you. Honeysuckle is another thing. And you're going to put the baked flowers beside it. And after the first three days, you're going to take the flowers out, cut off the um, uh, stems, kind of freshen them up, hang them upside down, and tie them and let, uh, hang them up and let them dry. So here, seven-day candles, three of them. You're going to have three weeks' worth of the success coming to you. You begin to change your attitude. You cut away the bad. You're healed from the um, things that held you back and your attitude about them, and now good things are starting to come in. And when you reach the end of that three weeks, you now take the um, can- the flowers that you've dried and keep them and continue to use those in all the spell work that you do about this situation from then on. Wow. So okay. that's mm. it. But you can't adapt this to anything. You, the first part was dealt with sachet powder. Um, mm-hmm. And scissors. The second part dealt with a candle. The third part dealt with a candle. You can switch it up. It doesn't matter. The main thing is to break it up into components. What brought me here? How do I heal right now? And how am I going to proceed in the future to, in my own best interest? This is this is really interesting about hanging the flowers up. So, because some people do this and some don't, and it's going to be new to some people. So, I'm going to just make a couple of suggestions. You want yeah. to, when you go get these flowers, you want to get some flowers that will dry nicely. Roses, for instance, usually will dry fairly well if they don't have a whole lot of petals. You know, some have big old balls that they just turn into a big ball of mush. But you want the kind with few petals. Uh, carnations will dry nicely. Um, there are others that won't dry for at all. I mean, they're just going to turn into goo or, or junk. So make sure you understand your flowers a little bit. Okay, lavender dries really well, mm. as an example. Um, and um, there are other things that you could use that are flowering but aren't thought of as flowers, like rosemary, for instance. In January, it has beautiful blue flowers, and you can hang up those mm-hmm. twig things with the blue flowers. Periwinkles, another. So, but then when you have those flowers. This becomes the basis for all future workings on whatever that topic is. That's really cool. Because now you've become an herbologist. You've become an herb doctor yourself. You've made yourself mm-hmm. your first dried herbs. That's great. <laughs> oh, I love it, yeah. You can sprinkle now, a little bit on each can or candle, whatever you're going to do. You can put it in yeah. a bag. Well, and if the herbs are edible, yeah, you could put it in a mojo bag. If the herbs are edible, you can add them to your tea or brew tea of them. Um, If the you know the flowers um, are not toxic, and then most flowers are not. Uh, Chrysanthemums, for instance, chrysanthemum tea is well known in Asia, and is a wonderful addition to tea. Anyway, and it's used for it has its own purposes. So yeah, this is going to require you to become somewhat of an herbalist. I love it. (laughs) It's empowering. Yeah, yeah. The first part is you you have to be honest with yourself about yes. what brought you to this point or it won't work. Yes, yes. First, and starting with cut and clear, you want to cut yourself from those events of the past, scatter that, 
Um, just speaking from my own training, I would recite Psalms number one at the at the where I scatter those things if it was a person I wanted out of my life. If it's just an attitude, I wouldn't say that psalm, but that psalm gets rid of a person. All right. Well, thank you, Papa G. That was fantastic. That's really, really a great a great pattern for for doing all kinds of spells, and people can adapt it. Now we're going to bring on Jeremy, and I'm going to rather than have you do the usual closing, Jeremy, I'd like just to tell us about the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Where are we at? Are tickets on sale yet? Tell us what's going on. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can go to https backslash backslash virtual dot hoodooheritagefestival dot com and see some of the, some teasers that we've got going up. Tickets should be on sale mid-week. Uh, you can sign up at that site uh, to receive uh, emails. Um, we have got phenomenal speakers lined up, and it is just going to be a really exciting, exciting time. Well, so have you uploaded the teaser videos yet? Oh, there are uh, four four teaser videos uploaded already, including one about your book, The Guiding Light. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, um, new these little new short videos are coming in from all of the presenters. And so, what I want folks to do is, you could follow our updates on Facebook. Um, through the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, we will lead you to that. You can go to our regular website, um, hoodooheritagefestival.com, and there's a, a will be a button to push to go to virtual hoodooheritagefestival.com. Is that what, what the URL is? Correct. Yes. So that's a secondary domain just for this festival. And um, so you'll be able to then see uh, some of the presenters. You'll learn more about the program. At HoodooHeritageFestival.com, we have the entire schedule laid out. So there are many ways to approach this. We will keep you all posted. And, um, boy, I'm, I'm hoping that, that you all are interested. As soon as tickets go on sale, we'll let you know. All right. All right. Good night, all. Bye-bye. <laughs> Good night. Good night.